patience. Thank you, Lord, for letting us go live right now. I did send out your uh, information. Got it out a little late, but I did send it out. And we are going live right this very moment. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to thank God for you that are on live with us and give God all the praise, honor, and glory. We exalt you, God, because you're God. And, Lord, we thank you today's topic is faith in God, to believe in the power of your might and your glory. As we exalt your very name, you are God and God alone. And beside you, there is none other. And so with this lesson today, it's God. I just thank you for Smith Wigglesworth's writing the research that he has done, the move of the Holy Spirit. And, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that we make room for you. Let me get out of, the, out of the way and all of us open our ears to hear. This is another powerful lesson. We're in week 10, uh, week nine, week nine, chapter nine, week nine, chapter nine, God of faith. Uh, and so it is really a powerful lesson. I have the book and the uh, e-book and it is worth looking at um, and studying. Uh, as requested, we are going to go through the entire book. It will take another uh, nine weeks, probably. I just put down 10 weeks uh, just to be safe. Um, there are nine more chapters. There are 18 total. Uh, that's quite a bit to cover. Uh, I thought of trying to do two chapters a, a week, but it, it's, a, it's just too much. Um, too much that we, I think we would miss. And I just thank you for your patience, your willingness to be on. And for those that are listening, praise God for you. We're going to go right into the lesson in chapter, um, chapter nine. Um, God bless you all. Hey, my cousin just coming on. My, my wife was on a moment ago. I don't know if I lost her. Uh, but we want to thank everybody for being on, uh, uh, Sister Ross, and, and to all of you that are on, Clarence, taking time out on your lunch break, we praise God. But this lesson today, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whatsoever or whosoever, whosoever says to this mountain, be, be removed and be cast into the sea and, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, hallelujah. God bless you. To just to know that he says it. He said, if you can believe that it will be done, he, he will have whatsoever or she will have whatsoever he or she says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them. Hallelujah. That That is, to me, so powerful a message that that he's saying that whatever you believe, if you can believe in the power of my word, because we went over this and I'm just going to go through at the top of your handout. Um, and I hope, uh, cuz Lauren, did you get that printout that I sent? I don't know if you, it was attached oh, okay. to I, I didn't know it was a printout. Let me check and see. Uh, but, but it just came about 20 minutes ago. Uh, but I just okay. want you all to look at this for a minute. Grace is the word is a word is is actually is God. It's the presence of God. It's the full expression of God's grace. And so when we say saved by grace, you're saved by the very power of his word. It, it is not just grace is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not just God's favor on your life. It is the fullness of his, his expression the word uh, of, of his sovereign power, of his omniscience, of his omnipotence, of his omnipresence, it's all of that. And these are the attributes of the power of God that is infinite. He is sovereign. He knows all things. He is all things. He can do all things. And he has all power in his hands. And so last week we talked about, in the several weeks now, we've been talking about this word faith. Also, uh, we found out that faith also is a seed. So God is saying that the word is the seed of God. It's, it is the very thought of God's mind that he says a word at a time, a seed, a word. We found that out in, in Luke 9, I think it was uh, 11 or 8 and 11. But he says that the word of God is a seed. And so therefore, the seed of the size of a mustard seed is that you're believing in the power and the manifestation of God's thoughts that become a word. And even before, as we covered last week in chapter 8, even before God spoke a word, 
word in Genesis, we know that Moses says that God says he covered the face of the oceans and that he moved on the face of the oceans, that he can measure the oceans and hold it in his hand. That's kind of God you serve. So he's got all this power, and we want to operate and know that this is the power of God that gives you that his word is sufficient to keep you through all situations. But you have to believe. And every chapter that we've gone through, so it's one of the amazing things about this writing that he does, it doesn't matter if you come in at chapter one or chapter 10, because he always is talking about the power of faith and the power of you trusting God, being obedient to God, living for God. Hey, Brother Bill, and, and, and all of these great things that God, I saw you there, brother. I, I can't help, I got to recognize my cousin there. Bless his heart, bless his heart. I see you. And love you, love you, cuz. And so, so I just want you all to know that there's power in the name of Jesus. You can speak it, and all you gotta do is believe it. Amen. And 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 so this word today that we're going through says grace. And and so we covered that, but the scripture today have faith in God. And so I started off with the same scripture he led off with, have faith in God. And Jesus answered, truly, I tell you. And so he gives us this example that he says, I speak to the mountain. Why did he say a mountain? Well, Wigglesworth goes on to say that the mountain represents a symbolism. It's an, an allegory. It's an example of whatever your obstacles are in life that he can overcome them if you would just trust and believe that he has that kind of power and that kind of might in his word that he's given into you and he imparted his presence into you when he created you in his image and his likeness. And so when you were created, he said, I made you in my image and likeness and gave you all power that I've given you power and authority. That if you decree a thing and speak it, it can come forth in his name. And so we've been talking about that, but the prayer of faith. And so let's go down to where it says, uh, prayer of faith in James 5.13. So what I tried to do today in this lesson, let me slow down a little bit because I know I get happy and get carried away. What, what I want to bring out in this lesson today is that the power of prayer, this, this prayer life that you have is so critical. And in a world that we live in today where so much is going wrong, that the studying of God's word, the meditation of his word, and getting it in our hearts, he closes his chapter, Wigglesworth does, talking about the perfecting love of God, that you can't do it. You, you have to trust God. And your prayer life is like calling up your, your favorite girlfriend when you were a kid or your favorite friends or when you fell in love with your wife-to-be and you, you just loved her no matter where she went, you went. There was always these long conversations. You could talk all night long. And then when you get older, it's like, ah, I can't talk. I ain't got to hang. So that love, though, for God, that he'll restore your marriage, he'll restore your children, he restores everything that you can imagine if you have faith to believe. And because it's not by your thoughts, it's by the power of his might and his glory. So he says in James 5, 13 and 16, get your Bibles out because we got a lot of scriptures and I'm going to need your help. This is Bible class. This is not lecture class where I do all the talking today. And he says, is any merry? Let them sing a psalm. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. So, so, and then he says, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, the prayer of God's word. That, that's what you have to write in there, your little notes on your Bible, that faith is God's word. And I said, well, how do you say, why do you say that, sis? Because faith cometh by what? Yeah. By hearing the word of God. So if you don't hear God, it's because it's not because He's not talking or he's not near thee because he says, I am nigh thee always. And so sometimes there are periods of times in our lives that we don't hear from God. And that's really when you have to trust by faith that, that you, he allows you to go through some things. Have you tried my faithful servants? And so he said, bring, to the, bring them and pray the prayer of faith because the faith he's talking about is you're communicating with him. And knowing his word and believing in his word and the power of his might and the power of the sovereignness of his glory that he says, I'm giving you power that when you trust me and hear the word and the word is moving in you, it's my spirit that's moving upon you and the Lord will raise up the sick. 
That's, that's what that means, that the, the word of God is not you or I, but he can give you the gift of healing. He, in fact, in fact there, there's a story in here with an older man that says he didn't believe. And his, his wife got healed, and Wigglesworth said, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. Heal me. <laughs> so so there's, God has compassion because he's the only one that really knows your heart. And so that the power of one who's praying and power of those who have faith to believe moves God. If he can move over the oceans and he can create the universe and the stars and the moon and use the clouds as his chariot, my God, today, what, else, what can he not do? If he can separate the waters from the heaven and still leave a body of water in the heaven that they call the sea of glass, which is a reflecting pond that which you see in the river, in the Laviel and the Old Testament, it reflects the reflecting of the water. When you go to God in prayer and you're meditating on God and you get in that word, he will show you your ugliness. He will show you your sins. He will show you your faults. He will even give you warnings to let you know to discern what's going on around you. That's the kind of power he's given us. But we all operate in the, in the presence of his glory because this natural mind does not want to be in the presence of God. That's your, you were born into this sin. But you would, so I always tell people you got a, 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 a duality of personality because we really do. Because we, we know what not to do, but yet we sometimes still do what's wrong. Amen. Anybody ever been there? I know I've talked to all the saints on the line. Don't nobody do nothing wrong but Brazil, so it's all right. So, so what I'm saying to us is that the prayer of the faith, of your faith, of your trusting and believing in God's word, he can set it in place that, that as you speak it, he's healing. He's not using, he's, you can't be used to God if you don't believe it. Amen? So this is a course uh, of lesson that says, if he committed sins, they shall be forgiven. But then later on in, in this chapter 11, Mark 11, 23 through 24, I didn't put it in here, but I want somebody, if they would, look at verse 25. Verse 25 says, but you must forgive. One of the prerequisites of you being able to operate in the fullness of what God has gifted you to do, whatever your gifts are, is to have a forgiving heart. You got to operate from love. The foundation of God's is God is love. God is light. God is a seed. He's a word. He's a presence. He's omniscient. He's the alpha and the omega. So when we talk about predestined, we're stepping into what he's already planned for us. So you can go through living hell in this world and, and things happen to us that we don't feel like we deserve. And that's what this story is about. This, this woman today that we're going to talk about who, who was will go to these revivals and, and, and lift up the name of Jesus and people would be healed. But then she got sick and her leg got broken and for years she couldn't walk. When they took her out of the cast, it, it didn't heal right and it still broke again. And, and the man said, I got a problem. My, my most powerful prayer person is not available because they said she can't walk anymore. And Wigglesworth said, where is she? And he asked her, can you believe that you are healed? So I want you to ask yourself, can you believe that God has given you that kind of power and authority that you can speak it into being? Glory to God. That's the kind of power you got. But and our message today is have faith in God. That's, so that's almost a double, double uh, I don't know how to say that. Um, have faith in God is God saying to you, trust God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Because faith is God. It's God's word. So it's almost saying faith in God is God is saying God is God. Trust me. <laughs> I am the living God. I am able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you can imagine or think. He allows us to be able to do greater grace. And it said that you will do greater grace. Verse 16 says, confess your faults one to the other. Again, forgiving and asking God to forgive you. You have to, you have to purge ourselves out of this attitude of bitterness and resentfulness, and especially doubting Thomas. And it's okay because even in Mark 9, as we studied it last week, and, and we'll go into it again, 9, 23, 24, where, where the demonic young boy uh, had been possessed 
And, and the Lord said, can you believe? He said, oh, yes, I can believe. And Lord, help me with my unbelief. And so what am I saying to all of us that, that we have to put ourselves in the place uh, if you're moving around, brothers and sisters, put your phone, your, your camera on, uh, on mute. I see everything. So, so I'm telling you that, that, that this word is so powerful that God sees everything. And just like I can see my cousin walking around, I said, hey, you can see God can see everything. He don't miss nothing. You can do all the dirt in the world and you think you get away with it, but it's going to come back to you. Hallelujah. I'm just being transparent because I wasn't always saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. In fact, I'm still a work in progress. I, I, I need some help. Amen. And, and so I, I just, I, I'm praying for my wife because she was on and now she's not. I, I'm just praying she was driving, so I pray she's okay. Uh, but 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 we're going to go on. So now Jesus says uh, in the next uh, part of this lesson, he says in Mark 5, 1 and 20, Jesus restores a demonic or demon-possessed man in the Gadarenes. I found this story to be fascinating. So if you have your Bible, go to Mark 5, 1 through 20. We're just going to look at it. How, how this, is, this is Jesus restores. Jesus is a restorer. He equips us to be able to come through. I told you all the, uh, last week, uh, I've been sick for, I was sick. I was sick. I was, 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 past, past tense. Yeah. Last year, 2019, February 19, 2019, 2020. And so people prophesied this, and I believed it. But I always believed that God would bring me through this sickness. And he did. And believe me that it, it, it was both physical and mental and financial and spiritual, every kind of way but loose for 11 years. And when you're used to making your own money, having your own independence, he brings you to a place of humility where it, it, the only way you can come out of it is by God. And the question was, can you believe? Can you wait on the Lord when ain't nothing working the way you want it to work? And I say, yes, wait on it. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, for he does strengthen your heart day by day, second by second. So this story, and, and it's amazing because uh, I'm going to ask somebody, if you have your Bible, if you could get to Mark 5 and just read 1 through 5 real quick. Okay. Um, Mark 5, it doesn't matter what version you got. It's okay. I'm okay. grateful for you being it's, willing uh, to, to read. They came over unto the other side of the sea and to the country of the Galileans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains because that he had been often bound with feathers and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him mm. and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. That's verses one through five. Go, go ahead down to verse eight. Let's finish at eight. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjoin thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Hallelujah. Come out. That's, that's all you have to do is say, come out. But, but I want to go back to what, what, what the story is telling us as, as Mark is writing this. He's saying to us that as soon as Jesus shows up, I want you to know that God has given you some power. When you show up around the enemy, they know that you're present. Amen. When you've been in that word or you're getting ready to do something for the glory of God, all kind of things begin to happen. It's strange today that both of my printers would not print. 
and earlier this week I couldn't get the the uh the the, the printer on my to print from my phone, but today it printed from my phone. And I'm like, Jesus, what's happening here? And so so what am I saying to us? That even in the airways, that the enemy can do things to block you, but he sees the presence of Jesus and he says, What have I done to you? And he's saying to us that in the presence of the power of God that he puts in our lives, that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or think by the power of his word, that even the enemies don't want to be around you. That's why sometimes these battles we fight spiritually, you feel like it's a mental battle, and it is a mental battle, and you can't overcome it without the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't come and you can't fight this thing without the quickening of the Spirit of God to move, and you can believe that you are a child of God, and no matter what you're going through, He'll bring you out of it if you can only believe and trust and obey and keep His word. And even if your mind is telling you, I can't, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm, for 11 years, I kept saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. And so he says, immediately, they met him. The man that comes out the tomb meets him. And the story goes on. I'm going to just quote some of the verses instead of trying to read the whole story because we don't have time. But, but the demon says, to, to what have we done to you? And Jesus says, what is your name? And he says, legion. Do you all know the legion means 6,000 demons were in this possessed man, that he had supernatural power, but he couldn't contain the power of God. He couldn't resist the power of God. God was so, Jesus was so powerful in the presence of God. His father is the same spirit that God has imparted in you that you, when you fast and pray, he says, some things come by fasting and praying. And so when you consecrate yourself even the more and get in that holy place with God, the perfecting work of God's word that begins to move on your behalf. And if you ain't got a prayer life with other people, it moves supernaturally. You still got to wait on the Lord and be a good courage because it may not come when you want him. But he's always, always on time. Anybody can say amen, say amen, because he's always on time. Amen. And so he's tell, he tells us, and he asks, what is his name? He says, uh, a legion. And he besought him and sent him away into out of the country. But Jesus didn't give up. Jesus cast out that demon. And what am I saying to us? That Jesus is telling us in this story by Smith Wigglesworth that he's given each one of us some special gifts. And the power of that gift, the power of God's word in you can heal. That's why it says, call on the elders. An elder doesn't have to be somebody that's appointed by the church. That's the relationship you have with God. Those are offices and positions of the church, but they're not of the fivefold ministry. So all of us have a measure of a gift. We can work even testifies, and I can I can testify to this. You can be in a church and somebody get healed and delivered, and and you, you don't know who did it. Doesn't it could be the pastor? It could be somebody touching and agreeing with faith, because when God is moving, he moves through the atmosphere. He uses each one of our faithfulness and the power of his Shekinah glory that heals and delivers. I adjure you thee, Jesus, God, that thou torment me not. In other words, the demons, they didn't just, they didn't bow down and truly worship him. They were saying, Lord, please uh, don't punish us no more. And when you read the story towards the end and they said, well, don't cast us out into the, into the people. Because they were afraid that, that Jesus would torment them. When you're in the presence of God, your enemies will do everything they can to get you out the way. If you've ever had a job and you've not done anything wrong except you got a smiling face, you got joy in your spirit, <laughs> and the people don't like you because you're too effective, because you don't talk and hang out and cuss and swear and get high with everybody. You ever had a job with some people that they didn't like you just because you were living for the glory of God? You didn't do anything wrong. But sometimes God allows us to go through some persecutions. He allows us to go through some rejection. He allows us to go through some broke moments and broke down moments, financially and otherwise. 
till you get to the place where you're wondering, God, where you at? Why me? He said, wait on me. Trust me. Can you trust me? Can you believe in me? These are the days when we really know that we need to know God. Smith Wiggleworth says in Romans 1, 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of the presence of God? That, that I, I remember when I was uh, first saved and was getting in the word, I, I didn't want to witness to people. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was what I was supposed to do. But do you know that you can witness to people and not open your mouth? It's your lifestyle. It's your spirit. It's this presence of God, the glory of God, the presence of God, the peace of God, the love of God that's in you. You can set the atmosphere. People can see you going through things and wonder, how did she make it? How did he make it through that? It's because of your faith and your intimacy with God. This is not just about a casual relationship with God. The only time I pick up my Bible is on Sunday morning. We want the blessings of God in this world. We, we want God to come and manifest. We, we want to be able to talk about what God has done for us. But what have we done for God? How much time do we spend reverence the presence of his holiness? Well, I had a conversation the other day with some brothers, and we were talking to a very close friend of mine, and we were talking about the church. What is God saying to the church? I believe what God is saying to the church is what we're talking about right now. Where's the power? In other words, where am I in your church? When you can't get 50 people to come to church and you got 500 people in your, in your church and people don't come to church to, to pray, they won't come to worship. Unless it's some real good jazzy music, they'll come to that. My cousin Lauren is a musician and, and, and she prays and she prays some real Holy Ghost music. I mean, the, the kind that charges the atmosphere where it, it invokes and inspires and quickens the move of the Holy Spirit. Where, where if you sing in tongues, it's easy to do that because of the music that she plays, because it's an anointing. And so when you have the anointing of the presence of God, you can do so many different things that you don't even realize as you. It's the presence of God. But the move of God through each one of you, because he says that you need to know me. And, and other people will sometimes see the change in you before you even realize it. They'll come and say, brother, do you know, you really said some things, or I've been watching you, and hallelujah. For he goes on, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is Paul. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God that saves. But it only can save those who believe. God knows exactly when you're coming, but you got to believe it. You got to believe in the power of God. To the Jews first, also to the Greeks. Therein is righteousness. So I was dealing with this word righteousness. What is righteousness? And, you know, we talked about faith unto faith and grace to grace. That is not something that you get just because you stay in the word. That's intimacy in a relationship with hearing the voice of God as he quickens and gives you revelation to keep you from falling back into sin, to perfecting you the work that he created you to do. There is a plan that God has for everybody. The problem with the world is we don't operate in his plan. We are operating in the domain of man, of flesh, because sin is, is fun. You know, y'all did you wrong. You stole something and laughed about it, <laughs> cheated on your wife and didn't get caught. You know, I, I don't know nothing about that, but I'm just telling you the truth. I fallen short of the glory of God when I was younger. I did all kind of stuff because I didn't understand the power. I didn't understand that God had a better plan. And sometimes you run away from God when you should be running towards God. And I come to tell you, there's nowhere to run. <laughs> There's not a hole deep enough. There's not a mountain high enough. There's not a breath wide enough. Wherever you go, when I get tired of my wife, we get mad at each other. Say, I'm leaving. I'm gone. So I got to get out of here. I'm going with you. 
No, you ain't. I said, well, it don't matter. God ain't going to let you go too far. <laughs> you got to have that kind of faith. You got to have that kind of sensibility to understand that even in your lowest moments, laugh sometimes. Because there's joy in the Lord. Even in your pain and your suffering, he will strengthen your heart. Anybody been there? So he's telling us, for in the righteousness of God, he reveals. In other words, the word of God is right. It, it is the moral essence of who he is that says the righteousness of God is truth. It is God's truth that's manifested in our behavior when we're lining up to do and to walk according to his pleasure, to his will, to his plan, to his purpose. And it has written just so the just shall live by faith. In other words, the just you, why does he call you the just? Because he's a judge. And the judge justified you. He set you free. He sent Jesus to reconcile the debt of propitiation. He cancels out the debt of our sin nature. You were born into it. But the gift of salvation is also promised to you. And God says, I'll never leave you. I'm always not thee. Even before you accepted me, I loved you. So you're not coming to me just because you want to. You're coming to me because I loved you first. And you're at a place now where you need him like never before. That's what God is saying to the world. You really need me, America. You, you, you got some real stiff-necked folks who are hateful and evil and racist. And, and it comes in every shade and color, every size and form of humanity is on is on exposure through the media, through internet. You see it all. Got to be careful what you say on television and radio. But his word is written. And God knows what's in your heart. But he says the just shall live by faith. In other words, the righteousness of God that says I justified you, I set you free, I've set you on the right path, I've given you the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Follow what I've put in your heart and your mind and spend time with me. I am the GPS that you need. I am the gospel spiritual platform that you need, GSP or GPS, whatever they call it. It is the gospel positioning system that God has a plan that he wants to prosper you and not harm you. He wants to lead you through the valley of the shallow death and sit you in the presence of your enemies and anoint of your head with oil. He'll cup run up over goodness and mercy will follow you. Even your enemies will speak highly of you. They may not like you, but they recognize your gifts. <laughs> and so, so we go to this righteousness of God is revealed. He says, and this was interesting to me, it is hid from the natural man. The righteousness of God, your natural man cannot conceive of, of the righteousness of God. You know, you're, now let's be honest, just take 30 seconds. I'm not going to give you that much time. Take 15 seconds. Think about it. The last time something crazy came in your mind, you were like, where did that come from? <laughs> that might have been a half hour ago, 20 minutes ago, maybe 10 seconds ago. But there's always something that comes in this fleshly mind that you have to say, God, forgive me. That there's something always quickening in the flesh. That's why we need Jesus so much. You could turn the television on and see all kinds of things. Turn on the radio, turn on the music. That's why we have to watch our eye gates, watch over them, watch over your ear gates. You got to watch what you're smelling. There's so much toxic stuff in the world today. And so this righteousness of God is the light of God. It's the light in the path of darkness that I call you the candle of the Lord, that when nobody else can see it, you'll see. It's just like some, some folks can go in, a, and we used to call it a junk store, but uh, the, 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 what they call it, uh, the goodwill or the you know, used stuff and pick out beautiful things and fix it all up. You don't know, they may have spent $5, you just spent $500. And they can fix it up and make their house look so beautiful. But God, that's what God does. Say, you're the light. I take junk. I take broken pieces. And I make beautiful mosaic tiles out of your mess. I, I've allowed you to go through so I can bring you through the fiery furnace. So I can test you and see that you will understand that I've given you this power. 
I just want you all to understand I'm using all these examples as we talk about this lesson to give you the scriptures that God is saying, even Jehovah, the father, sent his son to work out the plan of righteousness for us because we couldn't do it. You can't stay on the right path without Jesus. I know if I don't stay in this word and don't stay in prayer, my flesh will rise up and this, this, this flesh man will, he'll get a real nasty attitude. And sometimes I still got to press through to say, Lord, help me. Because we're flesh. But now this is said to be revealed in the Gospels. The Gospels, the Word of God, the Gospels from uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John, those are the Gospels. These were the words that God spoke. These, these are the words that God has revealed to us that it is taught in the grace of God. So what separates us from the Old Testament, New Testament is the grace of Jesus, but it's the presence of God because he came in the form of man because the word became flesh. So what is the word? It's the seed of God's thoughts that became a man. And you are a man and a woman that's made out of flesh, out of the word of God, because he spoke you into existence. He spoke you into existence. No other creature did he do that, especially women. Women, you didn't come out the ground. You just came right outside. He, he, he said, you know what? I made a paradise for the sisters because I knew that they was going to take care of my house of God. You take the women out to church, you ain't got no church. You take the women out of the church, and you don't have a successful church. Because the largest denomination of people that go to church are women. The largest prayer entities are the women of God. They don't have a problem surrendering. They don't have a problem surrendering to God. They, they know who God is. Oftentimes, it's our wives that lead us to a prayer life. It's your mama that leads you. You're very fortunate if you have a man that loves God in your family. I had a grandfather, uh, Lawrence Tonzel was his name. We didn't dare call him that. Uh, we called him Pops. <laughs> Pops was a quiet, gentle man. And when he'd get nervous, he'd, he'd have a pipe. I don't have that with a, what looks like a pipe. But he would have a pipe, and he'd chew on the tip of the pipe. And that's when I knew something was bothering him, because he was sitting there with the pipe. I'm going to make y'all laugh right now. This is my fixer debt for my dentures. <laughs> And he'd be biting on the tip of the pipe and blowing the smoke out of it at the same time. But I never heard my grandfather cuss. Never. But the man had a spirit. And he taught us so much about love that our family is covered today by that same love. The grace of God, the earnestness of God. The obedience to, to our parents, to our loved ones, to our family. And even though we fall short of the glory of God, we made some mistakes. We had sense enough to go back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I didn't get it right. But I don't want you to spend the rest of your life believing you did something wrong. You, you didn't have to do anything wrong. Life is like that. But I learned that from this older man called Pops as a little boy. He had so much patience. And they called him nigger. When we used to go fishing, uh, the cubs, they, we would be driving to Wisconsin. You couldn't stop and go in the bathroom. You had to pee on the side of the road. You kept a pot and a can with a top on it in your, in your car. And you turned your head when, your, when the women had to get out their car. I remember that. That's hatred in the world because of the color of your skin. And the people go to church, praise God, praise the Lord. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. But God sees, and that's why the church is shut down. We're not going to have church the same. God is saying to all of us, I want you to return unto me and get in this word and discover the plan I have for you because I've given you power. I made you in my image and my likeness. And so God says, the just shall live by faith. You live by the power of my word, and I'll open up the windows of heaven. And I'll pour you out blessings. And it may not be all the eight blessings, but one of them, one of them days, uh, James, one of these days, Sister Taylor and Sister Scott, Sister Ross, one of these days, Sister Brother Clarence, the God will give you that A blessing. A blessing that bless you so much you don't need nothing else. <laughs> 
He said, I pray a blessing. His word says, I'm waiting for that day. I'm waiting. I am waiting on that day. Oh, my God. And, and guess what? Whatever he gives me, I am so grateful. If whatever it is, if it's a dollar, I am so grateful. But I'm still believing. <laughs> I'm still believing. I'm still believing. What about you? What do you believe? Who do you trust? God always exists. Romans 90 and 2, if somebody would read that for me. And then we will go back of one, one more verse I need to get to. But, but somebody else read, if you can, Romans 90 and 2. And because this is his existence, his presence, he, God wasn't created. He was always here. There's some things we just don't understand. His ways are so far higher than ours that you will never understand it all. You can't. You can't, um, you can't grapple with this. You just have to trust God that God is God. I had a beautiful experience. If so somebody can get that scripture and read it for me, I'm just trying to make y'all work with me because you got me sweating. And, and so I, I just want to, to let you know that, that Saturday, I got a chance to pray with people, 30 people. I got a call from the people that built my website in India. This faith, this faith. I asked God that I needed a website. I needed a website. I said, God, I don't have the money for it. I don't have this. I don't have that. Every need that I've met. My computer screen was going out a couple of weeks ago. It kept blinking. And somebody called and said, send, send some money. They said, do you need a, you need a what? I said, a computer screen. Last year, uh, sent some money. God bless. I got a new computer. And they had no problems. <laughs> I didn't run internet now. Sometimes the internet mess up. But God gives you whatever you need. God meets every need. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. But he said, before the foundations of time were even formed, he said, before the mountains were brought forth or ever thought of, he has formed the earth and the world. That's what kind of God you're dealing with. Almighty God, the God who made himself a flesh of man, who arose from the dead, and he's no longer in the grave. So you can go get all them other people that you worship, all those other idols that you worship, but ain't but one that come up out the grave. Amen. And it makes a difference because it's the power. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, that God can use you? Herein is it likely the oldest. Here's what some of the commentators said. Some of the oldest uh, thoughts about where does God come from? And it says, Moses answers the question that comes up daily, when did God begin? The answer is that he did not begin, that he has always existed. And that's what we found in, in uh, Romans 90 and 2, before the mountains, before the void dark place, God was there. Amen. He is an eternal being. He's a spirit. That with him, there is no beginning and there's no end. No beginning and no end. The Son of God is also eternal. That's Jesus. He's the Alpha and Omega. He descended from uh, himself and becomes Jesus. John on the island of Patmos reminds us that God says through Jesus that I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. John 1, 2, and 3 affirms that the eternal Son of God was in the beginning with God. In the beginning. So he was before the beginning. And think about it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So everything that God created was seen, was created out of things that were invisible to you and I. That's why faith is not seen. If you see faith, then it is not faith. You will see the manifestation of your faith, but you don't see faith in advance. You're believing and hoping for it. And you can believe that it's there, but it's invisible. And it's amazing how God moves in our lives to create you and I to be able to do greater great for his glory. I wanted to share a, a, a verse here, uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He said to me, my grace, my grace is sufficient 
And so all through this text, this chapter of God is faith, we hear God saying, my grace, my presence, my omnipotence, my sovereign power, my omnipotence, everything that I am will meet your every need. Even in a time of trouble, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made stronger in your weakness. My God, my strength is perfected in my weakness. That's what that means. You, just because you break down doesn't mean you're weak. You just got to the place where you need more than just you. You need Jesus. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to lift up your spirit. You can be so down that sometimes some of the greatest music in the world, gospel music or a word from God, an anointed word can quicken your spirit. And you feel like it's just, oh, my God, thank you. I needed that. For the righteousness is, is the presence of God. God's elect themselves. It says that, that the only God can give you the spirit to believe based on your relationship with him. That's why it's from faith to faith. It means that I've come through so many different trials and battles that I've been tried, I've been tested. I've been allowed to go through some horrible situations and some difficulties in life because God says, then I can, I can strengthen you in your weakness so that you no longer know it's you. You don't believe it's you anymore. You just believe me. That's where I want you to get to. And that's why it's important to understand you live by faith. You're living by the word of God. When you see that scripture, you live by faith. We're saying that we're living by the presence of God out of Romans. I think that was 10 and 17. And so, yes, it was. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to keep that kind of faith. Then it says, John 6 and 16 through 27, Jesus, we're talking again about God's God, having faith in God. What did he show us in the word? Miracle after miracle after miracle. I, I did put, um, I don't, I got to look it back up. I think I put on your sheets um, a link that had uh, a list of the different miracles. I think there was about 36 of them that that were um, attached to this link. Um, and I sent it as part of this document. It's in the body of the document. I'll point it out when I get to it. But, but what we're sharing in this lesson right now is how God is moving and he's showing us through, through the different uh, deliverance. He showed us the deliverance of the demonic man. He's healed the man that was at the pool of Bethesda that had been there for 38 years. And God just tells him to get up. And he's saying to you that I've given you power to be able to do that. And so even, even Jesus, and this is amazing to me, that as I was reading how God had healed and set the man free, here, here it is in John 6, uh, 8 and 13. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus feeds 5,000. Now, there's some people that tell you that wasn't true, but it's true. God can do whatever he wants to do. So when you feel like you ain't got enough and you can't make it, believe me, God will show up. I've had people walk up and put money in my hand and have to walk away. But they would put money in my hand just to say, Brother Sills, we love you. We encourage you. Keep on going. They didn't ask me if I need anything. They just put it in your hand. You ever had that? Where people just bless you. Everything you get in those come because you work for it or you deserve it, the good and the bad. It's all part of God's plan. Everything is possible through Christ Jesus. Let's go to page uh, 104. In your, in your textbook. We've just been covering page 103, <laughs> reaching out to faith. So now we're in, into page 104. Hallelujah. It says reaching out to faith. 
And, and one of the things that, that, that comes to mind here is that Matthew 21, 22, and 3, everything is possible. Only believe in God's plan. I see that, James. Amen. And so, so listen, the Son of God is eternal. Then it says in John 1, 2, and 3, affirms the eternal Son of God. Hebrews 9 and 14, Jesus tells us he offered himself as a flawless sacrifice. And it is him, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It is the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is dwelled down on the inside of you. And your faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God's word is a sure word. It is true. And it will manifest what he said it would do. And so Matthew 21, 2 and 3 says, And saying to them, Go to the village over against you, and straightway you will see. You will see. You will see the, the ass tied to the pole, the donkey. What God is doing is saying that there's some things that you can speak, speak which is not as though it is by faith to believe that I am healed, that I have got a breakthrough, that the windows of heaven have opened and no man can shut it. The doors in heaven have opened and no man can shut it. He's closed some doors in my past and no man can open. And they can talk about you all they want, but they can't hurt you because your soul belongs to God. You don't even get upset anymore because you know that your mind is stayed on Jesus because there's been a transformation you're no longer the same. You become the new creature in Christ Jesus. You don't operate the same. And folks be looking at you like, what is going on? What? Who is that? That's the power of God in you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I have a plan for you. So when God is talking about reaching out to faith, have a, have a, you have a wonderful God who, who knows your beginning and your end, who's talking about, Wigglesworth talking about the troubles that people have and the assembly of people coming together that were sick and diseased. And he believed, I was listening to uh, William uh, Sizemore and it was talking about the uh, Azusa and, and, and said that he was in a barn-like place, but the anointing was so powerful that it feels the temple. They said literally it was documented that the temple was filled with smoke with the presence of God. I know the thoughts I have and the think towards you, saith the Lord. Not for evil, but for an expected end. So God knows. Do you know what God's plan is for you? Do you understand what your purpose is? Even at 70 years of age or 80 or 60 or 50, whatever age you are, ask God, what is it that you've sent me here to do? Help me to understand your purpose, your plan. You are my father. Some people call him daddy. But he is the father of all fathers. He's the God of all gods. And beside him, there is none other. He loved us so much, he knew that we were going to sin because of Adam and Eve. He put himself in a, in a fleshly tent that you live in. You are tent. This is flesh. There's a Holy Spirit down inside of you. He dwells in you. Know you not that you are the tabernacle, that I've given you this place because my glory was so powerful that I had to cover it because you couldn't receive me any other way. It's just like when Moses said, let me see you. He put his hand over the cleft and went by and all Moses saw was the back part of God. That's what God is saying to you. I've put enough in you, everything that you need by faith to believe that you can overcome every situation. And there's some things, let's be honest, that are not for us to do. We still got to trust God. John 6, 8 and 13, it says, Jesus feeds the 5,000. We talked about the, 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 the 3,000, now it's the 5,000. He feeds them. And what was so amazing about this story is that after he feeds them, they, he decides to get up in the boat. I'm sorry, he goes up in the mountains. They get in the boat to go back to Galilee. And the storm comes and Jesus is walking on water. <laughs> Jesus walks on water. And when Jesus walks on the water, 
and his righteousness moving, God is saying, I'm walking on this water by faith. And, and they said, it's soon. Now, remember now, when Jesus said he was walking on the water, that the storm was going so bad and they saw Jesus coming and immediately they wound up on shore. I've read this story so many times, Brother James, and I do not ever remember seeing that, that miraculously out of the storm, the next thing they said was that they were on land and the people were asking him, where, how did you get here? It was a miracle that God can move you through time and place you in places overnight. Opportunities have come that you never dreamt of if you can only believe. Only believe that, that, that your flyer can wind up over in India and people are calling and asking you to pray from India with 30 plus people on. It's not me that did that. That's God. I'm not boasting of myself. I'm just telling you that was a miracle for me. I, there's an answer to the prayers that I believe God would use me to pray all over the world. I heard the prophecies, but now I believe it. Not because it just happened. I was believing it before it happened. I've been waiting on it. I'm living with expectation of God's word manifesting miracles in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that God will, will, will extend and expand this class with more people who are searching for a deeper word and want to spend time listening to the gospel, to the word of God throughout the Bible, Old or New Testament, whatever we're teaching. I already have the next lesson lined up. It's called The God Chasers. 12, it's, it's, a, lot, it's a much longer book, but it's, it's, it's a powerful book about prayer and relationship with God. Reaching out in faith and trusting God. Believing that you have a high priest. I'm on page five. We have a high priest. God through faith to believe meets your every need. God through faith meets your every need. For he is our high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was all in, in points tempted like we are, but yet he had no sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Don't turn to nothing else. Turn to God. Turn to faith. Turn to the word. That's what that is. Faith to believe God. Faith to believe in his word. Faith to believe that he's a spirit. And because he's a spirit, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because you are a spirit. And through faith, we believe that God meets your every need. Every need. And so on page six, it says, Jesus cured the paralytic. And these are, and this is on page six, if you notice, um, those of you that are listening on page six that I gave you, there's a hyperlink there. If you click on that or copy that and put it in your browser, it'll list about 36 different miracles in the order, biblical order that they were uh, manifested in Jesus' time, the miracles he performed. Jesus restored a withered hand. Jesus healed the sick. The power of God's word is a mystery. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says that God has given Jesus all powers in his hand. And he says to us, go into therefore into all the nations, teaching, baptizing. We do a great job baptizing, wanting people to join the church. We don't do such a great job teaching God's word anymore. We don't do a great job of us praying to God like we should. I just want to encourage you. If you believe, you will still that you will see the glory of the Lord Jesus raises Lazarus. He's saying to us, and I'm on page six, number E. If you believe, you too will see the glory of God in your life. He's given stories about it in the story of, of, of Lazarus, who who was his friend. And so when they came and told him that his friend Lazarus had died, as he went to see about it, he didn't go at first. Because he knew what God had given him to do. He knew he had the power. He was going to demonstrate this power. When are you going to walk in faith and let God be glorified in your life? 
that he's using you to be a blessing to somebody or somebody's. Amen. And so I'm going to end today on that note. And, and I think if we can, I'll start on page, uh, I'll start on page six, Jesus heals the boy. Uh, we, we covered that before. Uh, so we'll start on page uh, uh, eight. We'll do a quick review on seven and eight. Love has no doubt. These are the stories that Jesus, that Wiggleworth is telling us throughout the chapter about the man who, who sat in a chair for years and his wife had a broken leg and she got up and tried to walk and it broke again because she didn't have enough bone marrow in her body to, to heal her leg. And Wigglesworth said, can you believe? And he prayed and laid his hands on her and she, walked, she got up and walked. They tried to arrest him in Switzerland because he was healing people and he didn't have a license. <laughs> so don't count it strange when people laugh at you or, or criticize you because you're living for the glory of God. Because you are peculiar. If you're living for God, and you're doing the work of God, you are a little peculiar, a peculiar treasure, because God has given you to know the mysteries of the gospel that have been hidden to people that can't believe. But to you that will believe, I'll open it up for any questions or comments. We started at 307, it's 309. I, I want to be obedient. Um, I promised my wife we would end at, at in an hour. Because she said, you, you're keeping people too long. <laughs> so I, I just, I love my wife and I love you all. I really love God. And I could teach for another hour. But I want to be mindful of your time and respect how much time you've given. Any comments or thoughts? Anybody like to share uh, something that may have stuck um, with you in this lesson or uh, a testimony of what God is doing in your life? I haven't asked that before. If there's somebody who has a testimony, um, want to share anything, uh, but that God has just give God the glory. You know, we 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 want the blessings, but sometimes we don't even give God the glory. No, it's not you boasting; it's the presence of God. I give ten more seconds. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well. I pray that the lesson was effective. Uh, I enjoyed the teaching of it. Uh, I enjoy your presence. Uh, I keep working to try to make sure that uh, we we cover as much of the substance of the, in these chapters that I can. Uh, there's still so much more that you just can't get to it all. And and so I'm grateful to all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. And I, Pray, Father, that someone's life is being impacted by this teaching, that they're getting clarity of purpose and direction, they're hearing the voice of God, that they're, they're, they're excited about studying your word even the more, drawing closer to you, reviewing the scriptures, doing a deeper search, a deeper dive that takes them closer to you. God, send them in a heavenly place and reveal to them your plans, your plans, your purpose, oh God. Let them be driven by purposes of God that are manifested and stand on the solid rock. Release your power, your anointing, oh God. I do pray for an Azusa experience of the Holy Ghost to touch this prayer line, to touch this Bible class, to touch everything that we're doing, that the power of God will begin to move and to quicken and to refresh and lead people to the place of salvation. I give God all the praise, all the honor and the glory. This is Elder Anton Seals. Elder Jennifer Seals had to sign off because she was driving. Uh, she's, I believe, at a funeral. So we're just going to give God the glory and thank him for her presence earlier. And to all of you that are on the line live with me, thank you so very much. Thank you for joining in, Cousin Lauren. God bless you. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, it was a blessing. Amen. Thank you. Um, thank all of you, uh, Sister um, Willa Mae Taylor, Charlie May. Um, You're welcome. Your heart and Sister Emma Scott, thank you all so much. Uh, I am so, so grateful. Uh, did you hear what I said earlier? I don't, I, I don't remember if you were all on. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you asked me about extending the class. Um, I, I, 
I looked at the calendar, I looked at the book, and with just 10 or 12 pages, the amount of time I spend trying to understand it and learn it, put it together, is different than other books I've done before. Um, and so I'd like to just do each chapter. We have nine more chapters. Um, so I'm asking you all to, to bear with me for the next nine weeks, 10 weeks, as you requested. I can't put two or three of these chapters together. We, we would miss too much. Um, so we would probably go until um, August 20, July 27th or the 20th um, at the latest, the 27th. So I put on the, the new calendar, um, the new flyer that's being created will be until July 27th. Uh, that will give us time to cover the next uh, nine weeks of this class. Amen. And thank you. I'm, I'm honored that you all asked me to extend it. And I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've grown. Uh, Clarence Brown has joined us every week. Uh, so he, he calls in from work and uh, on his lunch break. And so he stays on for about 30 minutes. Um, sometimes Sister Parham is on and all because she's involved at her church too. I'm grateful to my cousin Lauren getting on and, and she's been such a supporter um, and just praying for me and, and continue to lift us up. But God bless everybody. If you need something or you got any questions, don't hesitate to call me. I'll be glad to, to respond. And uh, we prayed already to close out. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. 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 So we're going to sign out. So uh, we'll be back on next week, next uh, this Thursday, matter of fact. Uh, our podcast, we have a brother on by the name of Evangelist Kevin Greer. He's actually a missionary that has gone across the country, the world, and, and laying hands on people, praying people to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and healings and breakthroughs in their lives. And this, I've seen the recording. So he's going to be our special gift, guest Thursday night at 7 o'clock on, on our podcast. Uh, it's a different link. I'll send it to you um, just out of courtesy. If you have a chance to get in, please join us. Um, we'd love to have you. Uh, he's a powerful teaching um, a man of God and years of experience, and he's overcome some health challenges. And you talk about miracles. He, he has seen quite a few of them. And I'm grateful that he's uh, given his time to, to help us in our ministry and get the word out of the power of God into salvation. Amen. Bless you guys. Take care. Signing out. See you guys. All right. Love you, cuz. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you, Sister Willamay. Love you guys. <laughs>